Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Let me open up my notes here, because today's question comes from Alina, and it's all about kefir. How do I know if my kefir grains aren't good anymore? And I'm going to read you Alina's question, and then I'm going to talk to you about kefir. So if you have questions about kefir in particular, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cover Alina's question, and then I'll have time to do some Q&A at the end. Um, if you have a question unrelated to kefir, you'd want to save that for a future episode. And I just gave the instructions for how to do that, and I'll give you instructions again at the end. Thank you for the hearts. All right, so Alina says, how do I recognize if my milk kefir grains are not good anymore and need to be replaced? The reason I'm asking is that for the longest time, my kefir grains weren't growing. Bring the computer closer so I'm not quite looking so far away. In the end, I found out the reason. It turned out the temperature in my fridge was too warm, so my raw milk was starting to turn sour in less than 10 days. I would still use the soured milk to make kefir, and I think this is what made the grains not grow. Competition from the bacteria for souring milk, from souring milk, with a question there. I have turned down the temperature in the fridge and the milk lasts forever now, at least three weeks. How long is raw milk supposed to last anyway? Now, I do not use sour milk anymore, and the grains grow quite nicely for the first time, but I notice that the kefir becomes yeasty. There is this yeasty blanket on top. I stir it in, and it's still good, but I wonder if maybe I should get different kefir grains. Maybe these ones are not that beneficial or healthy anymore. Thank you so much, Alina. All right, so I'm going to start at the very beginning with kefir. First of all, and I saw a comment pop up. Because you guys are saying kefir, and somebody said, I say kefir. Well, as far as I know, there's three major pronunciations for kefir or kefir. I say kefir. You can say kefir. I think the official pronunciation is kefir. And you will hear all kinds of them. So feel free to use whichever one you want. Now, um, kefir is a fermented dairy, a lot like yogurt. However, it's a different starter culture. The starter culture are grains like this. Now they're in a picture quite blown up. Grains are not that big. I mean, if you looked at the size, of, like they look practically half the size of my head. Well, they're not that big, okay? But they're these little like cauliflower rubbery like grains, we call them. And it's a uh, mother culture of bacteria and yeast. It's not something that you could just spontaneously grow. In order to make culture, you have to have this mother culture. So you acquire it from a friend or Craigslist or you buy it online. They, or they're dehydrated at culturesforhealth.com. Anyway, you acquire these and you plop them into your milk. And depending on the weather, within 24 hours, depending on the temperature, within 24 hours, you'll have this beautiful yogurt-like fermented dairy beverage called kefir kefir, kefir. <laughs> um, it's different from yogurt. It's tartar. It has more effervescence. 
and it has a lot more probiotics because the kefir culture itself is this cult, is this um, symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast, and there's way more of them. So in some ways, you could argue that kefir is more beneficial um, in terms of that. But I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say you know don't have yogurt because yogurt is a wonderful uh, probiotic food as well. So kefir is this beautiful thing, um, and so Alina's asking. A couple questions here. Uh, the first issue was, um, you know, she was having the issue with her milk going sour in the fridge because the fridge temperature was too low, and then her kefir wasn't turning out right. And she says, is that because of um, the bacteria in the milk competing with the kefir? So that means I need to explain something. So if your milk is going, if your raw milk is going sour, Alina's on the right track here. That means that the native organisms that are in it are spontaneously souring the milk themselves, and that's called clabber. Spontaneously soured raw milk is called clabber. Um, and so, yes, there are organisms in the uh, raw milk that, at that point that could be competing with um, competing with the kefir grains. However, I feel that. It, it's more likely that it's something else. Yes, that could be a factor, but think about what the kefir grains need. Just like any cultured food, your starter culture needs something to eat. And in the case of kefir grains, and actually in the case of many of our ferments, the culture needs sugar in the form of starches and sugars in food. And so a kefir grain needs the lactose. That's the sugar in milk. So if the milk has started to spontaneously sour, the organisms that are just natively in the milk are beginning to consume that sugar. So then when you put the kefir grains in the milk, the food source is partially to all used up. So the kefir grains are not getting the food they need in addition to the competition from the organisms. Does that make sense, everyone? If you could just put a thumbs up um, or a yes in the comments, let me know if that makes sense to you. So Alina, I think it was a great move for you to discover that your milk was turning sour and that that could be impacting the way your kefir grains were doing. And if they were stopping to grow and your kefir wasn't turning out, you're definitely on to something. So Sev is saying, yes, great. This is why um, I recommend when you culture dairy, it's not, uh, it's not bad to use older milk uh, for cultured dairy, but milk that started to sour or turn or culture itself of any kind is just not going to produce the pure kind of ferment of another kind that you want, whether it's kefir or sour cream or yogurt or a cheese. Uh, if you're using older milk, you have other factors coming into play there with your culture, and so you're not going to get as consistent results as if you use fresh raw milk. Now, you say that your milk is staying fresh in the fridge for three weeks, and that's awesome. Great. I'm glad you find that helpful, Meg. Um, if your fridge is cold and your jars are at the very back and you're not opening them, raw milk can stay fresh for several weeks. So you are doing great to have figured that out and that you have fresh milk after three weeks is wonderful. It also goes back to the farm and the cleanliness of the farm and you know how quickly they're cooling the milk. So it sounds like your source whether it's you, like if it's your own milk cow or your herd share or whatever your source is, they are doing a great job in producing that milk. So then when you get it and you put it at the back of the, your, the fridge, yes, clean jars, exactly, Meg. I mean, the clean jars, how fast they're cooling the milk, how clean the milking environment is, to when you put it in your fridge and you put it at the back and you keep those jars cold and your fridge is cold, all of those are going to impact how long the milk stays fresh. I don't want to scare anyone with this idea, though, because um, 
Soured milk is not necessarily bad. So if your milk is not staying sweet and fresh for weeks and weeks and weeks, it doesn't mean it's bad. There is a continuum and there is just a normal process where raw milk is going to spontaneously sour into clabber. And that's a beautiful, wonderful process, a process that I think God has given us. And soured milk is a beautiful thing of its own. Uh, let's see what other questions. So um, I'm seeing in the, Meg is saying, yep. So I'm seeing in the comments other people's, it sounds like some light bulbs are going off, like maybe that's why your kefir is not working out. Well, if this has been helpful to you, I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, Aline is also asking about yeasty. So now that she figured out the um, fresh issue, she's getting a layer of white kind of, what did she describe it as? A yeasty blanket on top. Okay, this is very normal because your kefir, you know, it's in the jar and I don't know what you're using to cover it, but if it's like a cloth napkin or a paper towel with a rubber band, the very top is exposed to the air. And right there at the air, it's very common to get a yeast overgrowth. It's not a harmful yeast overgrowth as, not, as long as it's not fuzzy and gray or pink. If it's just white and it's not fuzzy and it's just kind of a thin layer on top, I th believe that's called, it's a K word, calm or calm or something like that. And it's a common yeast overgrowth that can happen right at the top of your kefir. And you said you're stirring it in. You can do that. Calm yeast. Thank you, Meg, for clarifying that. K-A-H-M. It's calm yeast. It's very common. It's not bad. Um, you can stir it in. I tend to skim it off, um, which is an option too. It just goes into the compost. So this is normal. If, 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 it, if it's too strong and you feel that your kefir is better without it, like it tastes better without it, you could look into fermenting your kefir into airlock jars and I love the Pickle Pro Lid from homesteadersupply.com. An easy link for you is tradcookschool.com slash pickle pro. And that'll take you to these modified airlock lids. It's a Tatler canning lid that she, Jerry from Homesteader Supply has modified to put an airlock in. And because it's a canning lid, it fits on all your canning jars. So you can turn any of your you know, wide mouth mason jars, half gallon, pint, quart, into an airlock container to keep the oxygen out of your ferment just very easily using this Pickle Pro. So if you're interested in looking into an oxygen-free environment, check out the Pickle Pro lids at tradcookschool.com slash Pickle Pro. Sev is saying they are amazing. Love them. Me too. Me too. Love them so much. Okay, so um, I think your grains are doing fine. Now, you said they're finally growing now that you fixed uh, the milk. How do you, and you're kind of the big issue here is how do you know if they're not good anymore? Well, yours sound like they're doing great. They're producing kefir. They're at least maintaining, they're growing. Where I would be concerned that grains aren't doing well is when they are shrinking so you can just tell they're not they're not thriving. Now grains are kefir grains may just maintain or grow and both of those are normal. But if they're shrinking and declining and it gets to the point where you're looking through your kefir and you just can't find them anymore and it's not because you've you know they're there but you've missed them, they're just like they've just disappeared. Those grains are not happy and I would start over. I mean, and if they're gone to that point, of course, you have to start over. But if you're noticing that they're just smaller and smaller every time, something's not right. So look at your milk source. Is it going sour? Is there competing bacteria? Do you have like sourdough or, other, or kombucha or other things in, brewing in the same room that are competing and sharing? You know, we talked about this on a previous scope that they're sharing in the air, their organisms. So your kefir grains are, you know, it's just messing with them. Those are all factors. 
Um, I kind of lost my train of thought there. So bottom line is what concerns me on kefir grains is if they're shrinking and not producing kefir. But if they're maintaining and growing, you're doing fine. Now the not producing kefir issue, if you have brand new grains to a new milk source or you've changed the milk source to your current kefir grains, there has to be a transition period because they're kind of like little people trying to adjust to new food. And changing the milk, the grains have to transition. So they may not make kefir for a few batches. So that you want to give time and not just immediately toss them out. Okay, so I have time to take a question or two related to Alina's question about kefir. Does anybody have any questions? Um, and while you're thinking or typing your questions, if you're typing your question, make sure to include your first name so that I can address you. Plus, I can read your first name on the phone better than I can read your handle. Um, for questions in the future related to this or other issues, um, tweet me at TradCookSchool with the hashtag AskWardy, and I put them in the queue, or you can send an email to Wardy, W-A-R-D-E-E, at AskWardy.tv. Thank you, everyone, for being here. I really, really appreciate it. And for those of you that are checking this out later, I'm just going to keep talking. If you guys have questions, here's a question. All right, so um, Saved by Grace. How often do you need to switch the milk if you're keeping a kefir hotel in the fridge? Once a week. I wouldn't go longer than that. The activity and the feeding and everything slows way down in the fridge because it's cold, um, but they still will run out of food in about a week, so switch it every week. Uh, Laura, are there ways to encourage the grains to grow? Um, basically, food source. So... If your grains are not, if your grains are doing okay but not growing, um, you could look at a new milk source just to see if they do well. If your grains are like coming back from being dehydrated, it could take months for them to start growing. They've been dried out. They're going to make kefir for you, but they're not going to grow for quite a while. Um, so basically, it, there's no formula, but look at the food source. You're welcome, Christy. Look at the food source. So change the milk if possible. Give them time and then regular batches. Like, don't let it go too long that they run out of food. So just kind of normal TLC is what kefir needs to, what the grains need to keep growing well. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy or send an email to wardy at askwardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of AskWardy, go to askwardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at TradCookSchool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you. And I'll see you next week.